0: Hello and welcome History of African American Professions. This podcast is a part of a larger group of podcasts called Chitsawitso, but here at History of African American Professions, we discuss the history of black business people and black inventors in America. The purpose of this podcast is to educate people on African-American topics that aren't well known. This week, we are focusing on Black business owners and inventors post-Civil War to the 1930s. This time period includes significant events such as Plessy v. Ferguson's Separate But Equal Verdict, the rise of Jim Crow laws, lynchings, and more. However, not everything was grim for African-Americans. Some were able to become successful business people and inventors, some of whom we're going to discuss in today's podcast. The first person we are discussing today is a man named Charles Clinton Spaulding, born in 1874. Spaulding was born in Columbus, North Carolina, where he grew up on a farm owned by his father. Around age 20, he left the family farm and moved to Durham and finished his high school education. From there, he worked a few jobs and eventually found himself as a manager of a black-owned grocery store. Spaulding's uncle, whom he lived with at the time, founded the North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company. Spalding was soon hired as a part-time manager at the company and was later promoted to full-time general manager, the only full-time position in the company. From there, Spalding began to build the company. He recruited more than 1,000 employees and opened several locations on the East Coast. He also joined a triumvirate of businessmen to run the business, including his uncle and a man named John Merrick. After the deaths of the two other men, Spalding was named president of the company, a position he maintained until his death in 1952. The businessman was also politically involved, supporting African-American initiatives to better their lives. As a supporter of Booker T. Washington, a prominent black activist who supported African-American equality through education and business endeavors, Spaulding strived to incorporate many of the same ideas in his own philanthropy. Our second historical figure is Sarah E. Good. Born in mid-1850s, Good was born an enslaved person, but after being freed, she moved to Toledo, Ohio. From there, she moved to Washington, or to Chicago and married Archibald Good, a carpenter and stair builder by 1880, whom she had a few children with. Good's apartment in Chicago contained limited space for her and her family. To combat this, Good invented the folding bed, a bed that folds into the wall using hinges to reduce the space that a bed takes up. It also could function as a desk because there were small compartments for storage items. The f- uh, folding bed was patented as patent number two three two two one one seven from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, making good the first African American woman to obtain a patent. Good's inventions not only benefited African Americans, but it also benefited all people living in urban areas with smaller living spaces. Her invention changed the way small apartment layouts and space arrangements were, something that is still being used in the modern day. Little else is known about Sarah Good, like whether she sold folding beds or other furniture, but her contributions to urban society are not. Our third figure is a man named Granville Woods. Woods was born on April 23, 1856 in Columbus, Ohio, as a free person. He attended school until he was 10 years old, when he left school to begin working and financially supporting his family. In his teenage years, he worked as a machinist in a mechanic shop, where he developed a fascination with railroads and electrical engineering. Woods enrolled himself into technical college, where he studied electrical and mechanical engineering. After he graduated, Woods worked on a few engineering jobs in Ohio, but realized that there was nothing promising there, so he decided to work as an engineer on a British steamship. The beginning of his career as a businessman began when he started started his own company, Woods Electric Company. Throughout his life, Woods patented at least 27 different inventions, with some sources saying it was nearly 60. Regardless of the true number, the inventor was famous for a few revolutionary devices. Woods was the creator of the synchronous multiplex railway telegraph, a device that that was designed to allow transmissions of messages between moving trains and train stations, improving the speed of communication. This would lead to more inventions like the telephone. Woods also invented an improved steam boiler and an overhead electric conductor to power locomotives. In other words, the train ran on an electrical line that was over the train rather than fossil fuels. Woods' inventions would be the stepping stones and technologies that would lead to the development of ones that we use today.
1: Hi, this is Madison, and today I am going to talk about C.R. Patterson & Sons Company, which was the first African-American-owned automobile manufacturer and St. Clair Drake, who was a newspaper writer. Like mentioned before, C.R. Patterson was the first African-American-owned automobile manufacturer company and was founded by Charles Richard Patterson. He was born into slavery in 1833 on a plantation in Virginia. Charles Patterson escaped from slavery in 1861 and settled in Greenfield, Ohio. A few months after he arrived in Ohio, he worked as a blacksmith for the carriage building business and in 1865 he got married and later had a total of five children. After several years, he went into partnership with another Greenfield-based carriage manufacturer and had a successful business. In 1893, Patterson bought out the partner business and changed the name to C.R. Patterson and Sons Company. His company built 28 different types of horse-drawn vehicles and he employed between 10 to 15 Employees. In 1910, Charles Patterson died and left his business to his son Frederick, and Frederick transformed this carriage business into an automobile company since the demand for automobiles was increasing. The first car sold in 1915 for $850. It had a four-cylinder Continental engine, and some even said it was better than the Ford cars. cars. The only problem was their manufacturing technique was not as sophisticated as the Ford company, and they did not make no more than 150 automobiles total. Soon after making cars, the company switched to manufacturing trucks, buses, and other utility vehicles, and their school buses became popular in the Midwestern school districts. Around 1920, the Greenfield Bus Body Company was constantly growing until the Great Depression hit and the company fell apart in in 1920. In nineteen thirty-eight, the company moved to Galapolis, Ohio, and changed its name to Galia Body Company in an attempt to save the company, but this attempt failed and they officially ended the business in nineteen thirty-nine. The next person I want to talk about is St. Clair Drake, who was known for writing in a newspaper. John Gibbs St. Clair Drake was an American sociologist and anthropologist who was also the founding director in 1968 at Stanford University's African and African American Studies department. He was born in Virginia in 1911 and his father immigrated to the United States in 1904 from Barbados. His parents were divorced and he went back and forth with them. Drake began to experience racial segregation and attended Booker T. Washington High School which was segregated which was a segregated school, and in 1927 enrolled in the Hampton Institute. He graduated with a degree in biology in 1931 and got a one-year scholarship to study peace and race li- relations in Pennsylvania. In 1935, Drake was asked to work in Mississippi as an interviewer for a book called Deep South. He interviewed lower-class black citizens in Mississippi, and his wife concentrated on upper classes in Natchez. This influenced his later contributions to the Chicago, Illinois Black community. Later in the year, he taught anthropology at Dillard University and spent half of his time interviewing and half of his half of it teaching in Nantes. He soon decided to go into graduate school at University of Chicago to earn more. Learning experience on anthropology, but he joined the U.S. Marines' merchants in 1939, and he served during World War II. and was discharged in 1945. So he returned to graduate school and earned his Ph.D. in 1953. In 1946, he started teaching at Roosevelt College, which is now a university, and helped create their African American Studies program. It was was later asked to lead the development of Afro American Studies program at Stanford University. He published his book named Black Folk Here and There, and he worked on many other books, including Churches and Voluntary Associations Among Negroes, and him and his co-authors have received some awards. St. Clair Drake was also an actor and poet and died in California at the age of 79 in 1990. extraordinary people are the beginnings of a narrative that includes black success within our history. These people created a stepping stone that lifted future generations into a better society that was moving towards equality. While the time period produced many setbacks for the time, such as Plessy versus Ferguson verdict that resulted in racial segregation, there were also advances in equality. One of, one of those equalities is the ability to run a successful business in society. The people mentioned in this podcast are part of the reason so many black Americans today can become successful business people who run successful businesses. Disclaimer, our sources for this podcast are listed in the description below.